We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. And today, I want to talk a little bit about the Lakers' future draft picks as well as their future cap space. I think there's some misconceptions out there, particularly by fans of other teams who are running around trumpeting this fact that the Lakers are doomed for the future, that they have no draft picks moving forward and have no cap space and both of those things are simply untrue. So, what is really going on? I'm going to break it down, but first, quick reminder, do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Come check us out over on TikTok as well, and of course, the fantastic Lakers Nation official Instagram account. All right, so let's talk about their draft situation first and foremost. Most people think, oh, the Lakers, they just gave up all of their future first-round picks in order to get Anthony Davis, and that's why all we hear is that the Lakers, maybe they're going to have to add some first-round picks to Russell Westbrook just to get rid of him, and it's going to be their 2027 and 2029 first-round picks because they don't have any other firsts. Well, that's not true. That's not the reason why the Lakers are looking at trading 2027 or 2029. Those first round picks are just the first picks that are available to be traded. They actually have a bunch more picks that they'll have coming up in the draft and they could still potentially trade, just not in the future. Let me explain. So way back in the day, in the 1980s, the early 80s, there was this guy, his name was Ted Stepien, and he was the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he was terrible. In fact, the locals called them the Cleveland Cadavers at the time, and they could not stand Ted Stepien, and he was really, really bad at running a professional sports franchise and really, really bad at making trades. In fact, he traded away five consecutive first-round picks, including the pick that ultimately became James Worthy for the Los Angeles Lakers. Thank you, Ted. So kind of you. But it got so bad that at one point, the, the NBA finally said, enough, we're taking away your car keys. They stopped Ted Stepien from making any more trades. His ability to trade was revoked by the NBA. They were afraid that he was going to trade all the rest of the team's picks through the 80s and the 90s in a futile attempt to win right now. That's how bad Ted Stepien was at trading was that the NBA had to take away his privilege in trades. Now, ultimately, they gave back that right, but 
only after they decided that all of his trades would have to go through approval with the NBA before they could be allowed to go through. That was Ted Stepien. Made Cleveland a really unattractive franchise, and when they ultimately sold the franchise, when Ted Stepien ultimately sold the franchise to, to George and Gordon Gund, it they was in such bad shape that the NBA actually had to give them the option to buy other first-round picks just so the team could have some kind of a future. So Ted Stepien was this disaster of owner, and it was so bad that the NBA said, you know what, we need protections in place to make sure that no owner comes in and does something crazy like this ever again. And thus, this Stepien rule was created, and that prohibits teams from trading consecutive first-round draft picks into the future. Now, actually, there's a lot of rules in the CBA which are designed not necessarily to effectively run the league, but to, more than anything else, protect owners from themselves. I mean, when we look at max salaries and things of, things of that, na that nature, it's designed to stop owners from hurting themselves by doing silly things. But that being said, the Stepien rule goes onto the books, and that is what is causing the Lakers to not be able to make a trade of their future first-round picks until 2027 and 2029 because you can't trade consecutive first-round picks. So the Lakers' current situation is this. They're giving their 2022 pick, which landed at number eight overall. Yes, that stings. It's going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans get it as part of the Anthony Davis trade. Now, the Lakers obviously were hoping to not be giving up a lottery pick, but here we are. Certainly would have been a silver lining if the Lakers still had their pick this year. They did not. But the Pelicans, when the Anthony Davis trade went down, the Pelicans used the Stepien rule to do everything they could to make it as likely as possible that the Lakers would be bad by the time they got those picks. And that included trying to spread out the picks so that the Lakers wouldn't have picks into the future to trade to approve the team in the present and thus devalue the picks that the Pelicans would get. So that's why you see the 2022 pick going to the Pelicans, the 2024 or 2025 pick by giving the Pelicans that option. They can take either 2024 or 2025. So because the 2025 pick could be traded, that means, and again, you can't trade consecutive picks. So that pulls 2026 off the table as well. So then the Lakers can't make a trade of a future first round pick until 2027. So this doesn't mean that the Lakers don't have future first round picks. It's that they don't have them available to trade. Next year in 2023, the Lakers have a first round pick. There is a pick swap that is part of the trade where the Pelicans can swap picks with the Lakers if they want. That could be worth something. It could be nothing. If the Pelicans are better than the Lakers next season and thus have a worse draft pick, then the right to swap picks with the Lakers will be absolutely worthless for the Pelicans and will not be executed. If it's the other way around, the Pelicans are better than the Lakers, then they will exercise that right. But regardless, the Lakers will still have a first round pick next year, 2023. They have a first round pick, 2024 or 2025. Whichever one the Pelicans don't take, the Lakers get a pick that year as well. From there on out, they've got all the rest of their picks. They've got 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029. They have all of those future picks. So the only thing after this pick is conveyed, the number eight pick in this year's draft is conveyed to the Pelicans. The only thing still do is a pick swap next year, which again could be nothing, could be something, and either the 2024 or 2025 pick. Now, there is a little bit of loophole here for the Stepien rule, and that's that picks can be traded as soon as it's not a pick anymore, as soon as it's a player. So let's say, for example, the Pelicans decide, you know what, we're going to take your 2024 pick, 
The Lakers then have their 2023 pick. They still have it, whether it's a pick swap or not. They have their 2023 pick. They can still trade that pick once they make a selection with it. As soon as that pick is used, they can take whatever player that is, and then they can then trade him. You can even do it on draft night. The Lakers have done it in the past. So again, right now in the present, the Lakers don't have a lot of future picks. They don't have a pick in this year's draft. They don't have a future pick eligible to be traded right now until 2027. However, as of next summer, they'll have a first round pick next summer to play with that they can trade. They'll have a first round pick in 2024 or 2025 that they can trade. They'll have their 2026 pick. They have 2028. All of these picks, they still have to move and you can get around the Stepien rule in terms of trading these picks by just trading them once you've used a, them on an actual player. So again, something the Lakers have done in the past and part of why the situation draft pick wise is not nearly as dire as people make it out to be. Now, the cap space. I've seen a lot of people saying, well, the Lakers have no cap room moving forward. Russell Westbrook, his contract is terrible and that's sitting on the Lakers books and you're not gonna be able to do anything. Look, the situation is tough this season. Next season though, next season, the Lakers have a ton of cap space. As of right now, LeBron's contract expires after this coming season and in 2023, as of right now, maybe this will change in August. As of right now though, he'll be a free agent in the summer of 2023. The Lakers will only have under contract Anthony Davis and they'll have a player option for Taylor Horton Tucker. That's it. And so with that being the case, the Lakers have a ton of cap flexibility in 2023. So I've seen fans of other teams saying, well, the Lakers are committed long-term to this old team that's not going to be able to do anything for them. Not true at all. They've got a ton of flexibility. They've only got about $50 million on the books for 2023. Now, again, that can change this summer. Let's say LeBron decides to sign an extension on August 4th, the earliest date that he can. Let's say he signs an extension. That eats up some of that cap room in 2023. Let's say the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook and bring back salaries that go beyond this year. Remember, Russell Westbrook is an expiring contract. You bring back, I don't know, maybe it's Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre Jr. Okay, you've got one of those contracts goes beyond next year. So that would eat in to your 2023 cap space as well. But I look at that as, as a positive. If you're the Lakers and you make moves that eat into that 2023 space, well, that's because you added pieces that you want on your team that you think are gonna fit better, that you think are going to help the team. So that's still using that cap room in a positive way in order to shift the tr current trajectory of the franchise. And if that doesn't work, if they wind up for whatever reason, having to eat Russ's salary this year, they're not able to find a trade for him. Well, you've got a ton of flexibility in 2023. Even if LeBron decides to walk away, you could jumpstart a rebuild by trading away Anthony Davis at that point, getting what you can for him, and then taking all of the cap room that you've got and using that to, to facilitate other trades, using that flexibility to go sign some younger players that jump onto the market, all kinds of things that you can do with that kind of cap room. Again, the Lakers will not have their 2024 or 2025 pick. One of those two will be gone. So that would certainly complicate trying to do a rebuild at that stage. But still, the bottom line is that financially, the Lakers have a ton of flexibility for 2023. They can dip into that this summer and make some moves that they think will help the team in the present and potentially into the future as well. So again, there's all of these, all this doom and gloom out there about the Lakers, their draft picks moving forward. 
but I don't think it's nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. But Lakers Nation, let me know what you think. Am I just being overly optimistic? Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below about the future of the Los Angeles Lakers. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.